This morning, we're going to be talking about our relationship with one another. Because the Christian relationship with one another, our friends, is really the most important uh, relationship we can possibly have in, in this world. I mean, obviously there's family that we're, we're close to. But Jesus said in John uh, 13, 35, he said that, uh, that the world will know that we are Christians by our love for one another. He'll know that we're his disciples, his followers, by our love for one another. And so uh, I don't know if you, you've read through the Gospels, but the disciples that he was talking to, kind of a weird bunch, a very eclectic bunch. They were all had different political persuasions. Uh, they were all in, di- in different groups. They, uh, and essentially, they didn't really get along very well. They only got along because they were following Jesus. But then when they weren't following Jesus, they didn't get along very well. Now, in our church, we have a perfect church where everybody gets along. Uh, at, at, you know, it, it's, it really is the best church. And, uh, and, and if you don't like someone, uh, we just ask. That, no, anyway, no. But, but Jesus was making a point uh, when, when he's coming to the end of his life, and he's saying, listen, guys, this is what how I want you to be able to work out your Christian life. And the way you work it out is with each other. And, the, and, and it's massively important that you learn to love as I have loved you. And that's a lot. And we're going to talk about that for a little, a little bit. Okay, flip the other side of the page. Because I added some verses. I, I want to give you the whole context. I'm, a, I'm kind of a context guy. We, is, we have just read the, the first part of this where Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. That's what we talked about last yesterday. And he says, I, you need to stay with me in me in order for this life of fruitfulness to, to come. And then the next thing he says is this statement here. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. So remain in my love. And we looked at that uh, last week, that Jesus used this word, remain, which I, I like to use the translation, live. Live in love. Live in Jesus. Live in Christ. Live there. Stay there. That's the place where you, you have your, your home. And, and so uh, he, he's wanting to, to say, listen, you're not going to get the life that, I've, that I'm asking of you unless you stay there. And, and truthfully, a lot, of, a lot of Christianity and Christians, uh, we're, we're very, um, we're, we're good at moving forward, but we don't stay there. And then we move back. In fact, let me ask about your week. How was your week? Did you move forward in Jesus? We talked about spending time with the Lord last week, which is my favorite topic, just abiding in Him, spending some quiet. Did you guys move forward a little bit? Okay, don't all talk at once. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, it's the preacher's nightmare. Uh, is going, man, we're, we're moving on. And everybody's like, what was last week? <laughs> I wasn't even here. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, uh, but our life in Christ, and that's why I say the same thing every week, because <laughs> you weren't here last week, and, and then if you did, you forgot, and by Tuesday, and so I, I, can, I can have the same message. I've been doing this for 35 years. Same message. It still works. But what's funny is that incrementally, the Holy Spirit begins to work in you, and you, and you realize, hey, hold on. Jesus is transforming me. 
And, and so that, that is the glory of being together and hearing truth over and over and over and over. Okay, so he says, remain, stay in my love. And then he says, if you keep my commands, you will, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And then he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then we, we read the, the rest of that four times already. And so I'll read it a fifth time in a little bit. So usually the thing that people get stuck on in this verse is this. It says, if you keep my commands and, and remain in my love. He says, so if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And, and that, that tends to be a stumbling point for, for most Christians because we're like, okay, what's he talking about? What commands do I have to keep? Because most of us have this religious mind that, that, that keeps us fairly tortured, actually, because we, we want to be in God's grace, and we want to do the right things, but then we live. How many have done everything right this week? <laughs> Starting now. Okay. No, it, do, it doesn't work that way. And so when we, when we come into the presence of God, we have this kind of overwhelming, like, wow, I'm not doing very well. And what the Lord wants for us is to understand his grace in these things. And, and, and so this, this week I, 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 I Googled, uh, what are all the commands of Jesus? Right? And, you know, I got a list. I got a pretty good list of the commands of Jesus. But when Jesus is speaking about the commands, they're not, you know, whatever he asks. He says, love one another. I command you. Oh, no. Right? If you were commanded to love one another, did you love everyone perfectly this week? Huh? So you failed. Now, I, I've, I've been teaching young people for a long time. It's kind of a, it's a passion of mine. Because we're, we have, like I said, we have in this religious mind this thing is like, I have to do right, and the requirements of God are over here, and I'm not meeting them. And, of course, that's why Jesus died, so that he could meet those requirements in us so that we wouldn't be tortured. But there's still this thing in us that says, I have to do right. And what I've always taught people is, is, no, you get to do right. Because all the commands that you, that you find in the Bible are there really for your blessing and for your protection. Okay, every time you think, oh, I can't do that, there's a reason. Now, I remember teaching one of my daughters how to drive. And she actually thought that the signs that were posted were suggestions. Now, I don't know if she learned her driver's training from her friends or not. I know you're all, you're doing this. And I'm, I'm, I thought she was joking with me. She goes, Dad, those speed limits are suggestions. I'm like, honey, they really aren't suggestions. <laughs> They're really things that you have to, to follow, uh, you know. And it took me a while to convince her. I don't know if I ever did really convince her. Uh, in fact, I don't even think you guys are convinced because some of you did not follow the numbers on the signs this week. Is that true? 
You're like, but the reason that whoever those people are that said, this sign goes here, they were doing it for your blessing. They were doing they, because somebody, you know, I, I, I used, my, one of my dad's friends used to work in the Na- National Transportation Board. He was one of the guys that, that, that got seatbelts in cars. This is back before you were born. And, uh, you know, the reason the seatbelts are there is to protect you, right? You're not convinced. Uh, okay. Uh, and the same reason that those numbers are there is to protect you. And the same th- reason that God puts anything in the Bible that says, hey, you ought to go this speed, is to protect you because he has seen a lot of crashes over a lot of years. How about you? I've pastored for a long time. I've seen a lot of, lot of spiritual crashes. A lot of people make, like, really? You're going to make that mistake? I thought I told you. It was right here. Don't do that. Uh, and you did it anyway. You know, some, I've, I've told you stories that when I first read the Proverbs after I got saved, I'm like, how come nobody told me this stuff? <laughs> you know, and it was been in the book for thousands of years. Okay. Uh, so I, the reason that I wanted to, to kind of... Uh, just cover that, even though it wasn't, wasn't a topic on anybody's mind today, is I wanted you to understand that God's relationship with us is not about do's and don'ts. It's about love. It's about his love for us. And anytime he says do or don't, our obedience to that is one, it's reflected in our love back to him, but it's really reflected in his blessing for us. Because he knows how life works. Y'all good? All right. So let's talk about this. How, do, how does one become a great lover? Yay. <laughs> well, we have to go back to last week. But, but he starts here. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love. And so the way that we become great lovers is we spend time with the Lord. I've done a little bit of marriage counseling in my life. I can tell you that most people that are having difficulty in their marriage haven't spent much time with the Lord. Because every time, I mean, I, I one time had a fight with my wife. It's, and I, I, one time. <laughs> it was just yesterday. No, just, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're hitting 35 years in a, in a month. Uh, uh, we're, we're, we're doing okay. But anytime I've had difficulties with, with my wife, all I have to do is go to the Lord to be with him, and the Lord starts talking to me. Hey, so this is how it's going to go. You're going to love her, and you know what? You're going to serve her, and you know what? You're going to die for her. Uh, right, Hector? Right? right? <laughs> He's going, I'm willing to die for my wife, but do I have to live for her too? <laughs> it's like, and see, it's easy to die. It's all at once, right? Yeah, you know, but living for someone is a whole other thing. Anyway, that, and that, that is, is the point of what he's talking about here. So how do, how do we love, how do we become a, a great lover? The first thing is we, we receive the love of God. And with all these things, it's always the love of God poured into our hearts that's something that we can give other people. You, Question? You mean you're not supposed to tell her to go to, to the Lord? <laughs> Did you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, have you ever said that? You need to pray about that. <laughs> Babe, you need to pray about that, you know. Okay. 
Tom, I'm in the middle of a something. <laughs> okay. So how do, how do we love? You know, if we want to learn how we should love, of course, we look at how Jesus loves. And how does Jesus love? Uh, first, con- first is Jesus loves without conditions. If, if we're placing conditions on other people, then we're really not loving. We're saying, if you. And see, isn't that great that Jesus doesn't do that to us? Could you imagine? It's like, I will reveal myself when you become perfect. It's not going to happen. But instead, he, go, he comes to us un, you know, unconditionally and says, in all of your imperfections, I will now love you. In all your imperfections, I will now give my life for you. In all your imperfections, I will grace you beyond your understanding and bless you beyond your understanding. That, to me, just blows my mind. But as we spend time with him, we realize that the people around us, and I mean all the people, Jesus is talking about the disciples, but of course we have our first circle is our family, but then we have the greater community, and then we even have the world, and then we even have a category called our enemies. I'm glad none of you have enemies, but if you did, I know that some of you guys, you know, we've been praying about world affairs and stuff. Um, When we think about bad actors in the world, can we express our love in prayer for, for them, even though they're, they're bad actors? Right? No, but Jesus did that. Jesus died for who, what, you know, filling the blank of the bad actor you're, you're angry at, or president, or last president, or whatever. And, you know, can we express our love like this unconditionally? Everybody, how are you doing on that? All right, we'll move right along. The second thing is uh, Jesus loves forgivingly. The thing that kills every relationship, you know this, is things that we hold against one another. And Jesus teaches us to take it to God and let it go. Uh, you, you don't you don't get to be in the ministry for very long before somebody hurts you. You're all in the ministry. If you give your heart, you know, that, you know, to someone, they'll stomp it, guaranteed. But then, when we learn to forgive them, then we actually and and if that person will come back, our bonds get tighter and tighter and tighter. Good? Okay, oh, moving on. Uh, Jesus loves us with a purpose. This is kind of, I, I, th- these are just things as I was thinking through. How does Jesus, he loves me on purpose, but with a purpose. Because he knows my broken condition. And he knows that the only way I'm going to come to life is if he loves me with purpose. And the purpose that he has for our lives is, is not just a general purpose. The reason that he loved you and revealed himself to you is, is so that you can take that love and take it out to the world that is, is needing it. All right. He loves us faithfully, no matter what. No matter how you're feeling about yourself today, he still loves you in spite of yourself. Okay. I'm not going to go much further with that. All right. Everybody good so far? So if you want to be a great lover, you've got to be like Jesus. How do you be like Jesus? You've got to spend time with Jesus. And 
Here's, here's the extra kicker. Is, and we talked about it two weeks ago. Is asking the Holy Spirit to fill us with his life. Because the life of Jesus actually can live in us. You guys got that, right? He's not like Jesus right here. It's Jesus right here. Jesus in you, the hope of glory. So if you're having some difficult time loving someone, you have to go to Jesus and say, Lord, make me like you. Okay, so here we go. So then Jesus says this curious thing. Oh, (laughs) sorry, guys. Then he says this curious thing. Uh, He says, I have told you this so that that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You know, there's nothing like when you're loving on someone to give you that sense of the world is right everywhere. Isn't there? Isn't that great? Isn't it, isn't it nice? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in love with all you guys today. I'm just feeling it. You know? I was with Sean. Sean Sean's back from a, from a three-year journey. I told you not to go. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, Go get, but he's back. But but you know we we're we're like you know we're yeah we're bro friends and uh, and anyway uh, we just love each other and and he's he's here and I'm like dude I, I just love you so we're feeling it but because but that's what the Lord wants to do for us because as we learn to be great lovers all of a sudden we get the joy of the Lord now I've I've met a lot of Christians in a lot of different countries traveled around the world. When you find a, another Christian, it doesn't take much before that thing happens. And, and, and there's something about the family of God, isn't there? And I can go to any church, anywhere, any kind of church. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And, and just start embracing people because they are my brothers and they are my sisters. You good? Okay. So Jesus wants us to have this joy. I'm sure I have some notes on this about now. Um, but joy comes... When we love and accept and forgive people unconditionally. Now I'm going to stop and we're going to take a moment to pause. Is, is there anyone in your life that you're at odds with right now? It's not unusual because we live in this broken world where people around us do crazy things. And... There's not a greater thing that we can do in our community in a moment than take those things to the Lord. So I want us to pause, all right? You guys, pause. A little commercial break. Uh, and I just want to ask uh, the Holy Spirit to talk to you. Maybe, maybe that person's right up front, but if there's someone that you need to forgive and accept back in your life, that you would ask the Holy Spirit to make room for that. So here we go. We're going to pause. Let's pray. Father, as you've said, as Jesus is teaching us this morning, uh, there may be people in our life that, that just come to mind when we talk about forgiveness or acceptance. And uh, we have a difficulty with that. But you tell us that our joy will be full when we love like you do. And so, Lord, right now in the middle of this message, we want to take a moment out and forgive those 
who have trespassed against us. Lord, we want to accept them as they are, as you accept us as we are. We want to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. And Lord, we know there's a struggle even now in our heart. But I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would now reign upon us with your love so that we can see them as the people uh, that you see. Lord, we want to set them free as we set ourselves free this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, last point. You guys ready? Jesus says, greater love has no one than this than to lay down their life for a friend. That is a very noble act, of course, that everybody would say, I may or may not do that. Uh, But if we're going to grow in love, uh, like I said before, it might be easier to die than to live for that person. And I want to just talk about living in love for the last couple minutes um, before we close. Love is, uh, in our society, love is much more a feeling than a decision. And that's unfortunate because the love that Jesus gives us was decided. It was decided before he came. In in Philippians chapter 2, it says that he came from heaven with this very thing that he was going to become the servant and give his life for all of us. And so it, it, it behooves all Christians to plan ahead to already forgive and release and serve people. So before you have to, right? It's like, I know I'm going to do this. You okay? Because the decision is not made in the moment. Because how many, you know, you're, you're thinking about going to the gym tomorrow. Uh, how many have made the moment to go to the gym and didn't follow through? Anybody? You got to that? It's like, I'm going to exercise when I get home. Jenny and I talk about this basically on a daily, a daily basis. <laughs> Don't be like my 95-year-old mom, who, my mom, or she's, not, she's only 93. Uh, she, she, she was saying that uh, she loves an excuse to skip exercise like, man, I don't have to get 93 before I do that. (laughs) Any excuse will do. Anyway, love is an action. It's not a feeling. And Jesus, uh, in in the New Testament, there are are like 65 one another's, 65 things that we are asked to do one to another that show our love, right? They're all all acts of service. You guys ready? I'm going to read some of them to you. I'm going to read the big categories. First one is to serve one another. A Christian who is not serving others. Now, I don't mean just in, you know, I I make my wife coffee every day. Every day. Every day she says, thank you for bringing me this cup of coffee. And And I feel like the greatest servant in the whole world. Every time I present her with that cup of coffee, honey, I have that cup of coffee. Aren't I? Say, I am the best husband that you have ever seen. Okay, yeah, okay. Just, just wanted to make sure you guys are still paying attention here. Okay. <laughs> That's a very small thing. Uh, you know, a lot of times even we, we think about serving just in actions like that, but often it's the services of our heart 
how we treat people with, in our heart and how we treat people with the words that come from our hearts that actually make a bigger difference to them. And I know that I can be quick with words. Uh, I, I, I ask the Holy Spirit to slow me down all the time. But part of loving is asking God to really give, the, let me speak the very words of life that you speak uh, through me. So part of growing in love is slowing down so that you can speak the words of love. And I am fast. Anybody fast with me? Just Tom. Okay, good. All right. All right. So serving one another. And a lot of times, I, I, I tell you, I've been to a lot of churches where the only, you know, it's all about serving in the church. And I, I think we should serve in the church. I, I mean, I've been doing it for my entire Christian life. <laughs> the, day, the day I got saved, somebody said, hey, carry this. And I'm like, okay. And I've been doing it ever since. You know, it's not a problem for me because I, I think service is, is, a, is a part of it. Um, but there's a lot of places to serve. This whole world needs us. We are the light of the world. And there's so many places to serve. Uh, sure, serve in your church. Of course, sir, you're serving in your home. Uh, but all of us should be finding avenues to be able to serve others in the moment, but then also consistently. Uh, something we want to do. Okay. Here's another one. Uh, one of the uh, uh, one another's is encourage one another. How many could encourage somebody today? Would cost a lot, wouldn't it? Now, see, that's what's so cool about the community of faith is because this is what we're here to do. Every single person here probably has one issue in your life that you're struggling with. Anybody? Okay. And everybody needs another person to come and pray for them and encourage them and say, the Lord is on your side and the Lord's going to see you through it. And while you're waiting on the Lord, I will see you through it. Because that's what Christians do. Okay. Um, last but not least, there's a bunch of them. 65 of them if you want my sheet. I've got, a, I've got this over and over. Um, the last category of service is, is to be unified with one another. Now, you're all going to say, man, we're all unified here, right? Okay, we're not. Okay. Um, but while you're learning to be unified with one another, we honor one another, right? We speak well about one another. We don't criticize one another. We don't speak poorly of others. We submit ourselves to one another. We say, how can I learn from you? Amen? Okay, so as we close here, these were the last instructions of Jesus. They had to be really important. Right? You're not going to talk about stuff that's not important. I think that this season of life right now is probably the, one of the most important seasons ever for the people of God to begin to love one another in a much greater way. Our world is really, as far as I can see, really spinning out of control. And the thing that's keeping it from being centered is the Lord and ultimately the Lord's people. Our call to pray, our call to love one another first, 
so that the world can know that we're his disciples. And then our call to love the world is very radical and very necessary right now. And so I wanted to close uh, in prayer with this. I know you guys are all lovers, but I know that the Lord is calling us to a deeper commitment to the love that we have. And so I want us to just uh, commit ourselves to the Lord and say, just as he says, as I have loved you, love one another, for this is what I'm commanding. So let's pray. Father, we all fall short in the area of love. And yet you tell your disciples, your friends, that the only way the world will know that we're following you is if we're great lovers towards one another. And Lord, I I know as we look at these words, we're probably like the disciples going, wow, that's a tall order. It would be much easier just to follow the Ten Commandments or something. But instead you command us, love one another as I have loved you. And Lord, just like with all the commands, we know that in ourselves we can't do it. But that's why you've empowered us by your Holy Spirit. And so we pray and recommit ourselves to you, Lord. Maybe we've grown to a certain point of love. Take us to the next level. Lord, we cry out for this world that we live in, that we need people who love you, Christians who walk by your name, to be great lovers in the world, great servants, great encouragers, and great unifiers. Lord, let peace begin with us. Let your love shine through us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So you get to practice this right now by loving some people around you. If anyone came with a need for prayer, there's someone around you. Most of us are Christians here. I'm assuming almost all of you, which means all of you have the power of prayer and the power of the ability to love someone through prayer. So don't walk away without being prayed for if you have a need. We're going to have lunch. Uh, we're going to have uh, our love feast uh, right now. I don't know what's for lunch today. Oh, tacos. Tacos for lunch, man. Okay, it's just getting better and better. Uh, <laughs> uh, so please stick around. Uh, get to know one another a little better as we, uh, it looks like lunch is, is served. So God bless you. 
Uh, we will see you soon. If, if we ever did get the people online online, good to see you guys. Sorry I said tacos and you're all going to be rushing to church here any minute. Uh, we, we saved some for you. We love you. We will see you soon. Bye-bye.